Right, so we're, obviously we're looking at Revelation and the church of Laodicea and what Jesus was uh, saying to them and maybe to us. You know, Jesus has the best for us. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to be full of peace. He wants to live a life to the full. And he is our greatest supporter and encouragement. To the churches sort of in the beginning of Revelation, Jesus always wanted to say something good. He always wants to find the good and sort of encourage it. And sort of most of them, he had positive things to say, even though he had to search quite hard sometimes. So the church of Ephesus, he said he was pleased that they worked hard and they didn't quit, even when things were tough. To the church at Smyrna, he encouraged them to persevere and said that they were wealthy in their hearts towards him. To Pergamon, that they kept the faith, even in a city full of pagans. To Thyatira, he said the church was growing in faith and in service. But then he got to Sardis, and that wasn't easy for Jesus to find something good to say. But he found something. He said, there are people amongst you who are still pure, who have kept themselves for me. And then Philadelphia, he said, you remain faithful in spite of trials. But in the case of Laodicea, he couldn't find one good thing to say. He couldn't find one person that he could say, you're pure. You've kept yourself right for me. You know, and that's really sad because Jesus said, sort of, it's so bad, I could spew you out of my mouth. I could actually vomit you up. It's that bad. And you think, how could they be so bad? You know, if they were lukewarm, well, you know, surely there must be something good about them somewhere. You know, sort of lukewarm's not that bad. It's not good, but it's not that bad. And yet if it was about lukewarmness, he would have said that to Ephesus as well, because Ephesus had lost their first love. They didn't love Jesus like they did at first. So they'd grown sort of lukewarm. So if Jesus wasn't saying, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth because you're lukewarm, what was he saying to them? See, Jesus was using an illustration about lukewarm water, making him want to vomit, because the Laodiceans would have understood that, because they had problems with their water supply. They had to pipe it in, so it was aqueducted in. And it was also hard water. So the water was so hard that in the aqueduct, they had to sort of make like trap doors to be able to open them up and scrape out all the lime scale, which was always blocking up the pipes. And because it traveled a distance, it was also warm because it was a warm country. So by the time they got it, it was full of minerals, but not pleasant ones. And sort of it was lukewarm. And I don't know if you've ever been anywhere with hard water. I remember going to Ipswich and the water there was awful. It's really limey and I just cleaned my teeth in it and it was cold water as well. So it wasn't lukewarm, but it was cool, cold. But even cleaning your teeth in the water made you want to be sick. Never mind sort of trying to drink it from the tap. So that's what Jesus was saying and why he said... 
I'd rather you be hot or cold. Wasn't that he ever wanted them cold. He doesn't want any of us cold towards him. It was because sort of there were two cities sort of next door to um, Laodicea. One sort of had hot springs and that was Heropolis and it was six miles away. So it had hot springs and people loved sitting in the hot springs. It was pleasant. It was nice. It was something that people could enjoy. And then 10 miles away at Colossae, they had pure cold water that they could drink. Both of those things were pleasant in some way, but Laodicea was not pleasant. Jesus didn't find them pleasant at all. And so that illustration would really have hit home to them. They knew they didn't have hot springs that were pleasant. They knew they didn't have beautiful, pure, cold water that was gorgeous to drink. They knew their water was pretty awful. So if Jesus wasn't saying, sort of, you make me feel like vomiting you out of my mouth because you look warm and apathetic, which obviously still isn't good, what was he actually saying? Because what was happening at Laodicea was far, far worse than apathy. And you think, what can be far, far worse than apathy? And it was this. They were independent. Laodicea was so independent that when there was an earthquake in the area that flattened most of the area, Rome offered to come and help rebuild all the cities in the area. And Laodicea said, no, we can do it ourselves. We can do it ourselves. We don't need any help from you. We don't need any help from anybody. You know, and in our culture, independence can be praised, can't it? You know, there's a saying that says, God helps those who help themselves. I'm sure you've heard it. But that's actually not true at all. God never says he helps those who help themselves. But the truth is, God helps those who admit they can't help themselves. Jesus said sort of, I came sort of for those who are sick, who need a doctor. If you're well, you don't need me. You know, the Pharisees thought they had it all sorted. You know, they didn't need a doctor. Sort of, we do. We need Dr. Jesus. Sort of, we can't do it on our own. Jesus wants us to depend on him, not on ourselves and not on other people. First and foremost, he wants us to depend on him first. Is he the first person that you turn to when you need help? Or do you think, right, I'm going to pull my socks up and I'm going to get this sorted. Or I'll just ring such a body. You know, it's not wrong to sort of ask other people for help. But sort of do we turn to Jesus first? You know, I always think the theme tune for Laodicea must have been Frank Sinatra's I Did It My Way. Because they were so independent. They are going to do it their way. And yet that's the biggest problem, you see, because independence from God was the core of Adam and Eve's fall. You know, it was what I want. It's my choice. They thought that their choice was freedom but it only led them to slavery, to sin. Galatians 5.1 tells us that it was for freedom that Christ has set us free, but not to then just go and do our own thing, because that leads us again into slavery. To have true freedom and liberty, 
so that we need to be seeking God's word and obeying it. That gives us true freedom. <clears throat> John eight thirty one to 32, Jesus says, If you continue in my word, then you are disciples. You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. God wants us to live our life with him, not without him. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. If Jesus had to look and see what the Father was doing, how much more do we? Jesus gives us a wonderful example of dependence on God when he said, let the little children come to me, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. So what do children do that makes them ideal candidates for the kingdom? They're not independent, are they? They're dependent on their parents for food, for clothing, for shelter, for security, for love, for comfort. They can't go out and get all those things for themselves. That is exactly what Jesus wanted for Laodicea. He said to them, come, buy from me gold, which has been purified in the fire, so that you will be rich. You know, if we seek the world's riches like Laodicea, we will be poor. Jesus told a parable in Luke 12, 16 to 20, 24. And uh, I'll just read it. I have to put my glasses on. And he told this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded of you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? See, again, it's sort of I will for myself store up. You know, what does it profit us if we gain everything and lose our soul? We can get so caught up with wealth, possessions, or even making ends meet. So it's not that we're storing lots of gold or sort of we're just so focused on the things of the world that our attention gets onto the physic, our physical existence only and not sort of our spiritual existence. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. You can't serve both God and money. Where is your treasure? Where is mine? Jesus also told the Odysseans to buy white garments from him so that they would not be shamed by their nakedness. Why does Jesus say this to a church? You know, sort of surely they've repented, asked Jesus to come into their life and be their saviour. Yes, they will have done. But they had turned their back on him and gone their own way. Being a Christian doesn't mean to say that we can do our own thing as soon as we've been forgiven. That's not what it's about. It's not, oh good, 
I've been saved. Now I can go and do what I want and I've got a ticket to heaven. Jesus said, if you are my disciples, you'll obey me. You'll do what I say. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. See, if we go our own way and do our own thing, then sort of we're lost because we are to follow Jesus. The Bible tells us that our righteousness, even if we're doing good things, is as filthy rags. We can't provide for ourselves white robes. Our robes that we provide will never be white. If we're lucky, they'll be a mucky gray. So we need our clothes from Jesus. And the church of Laodicea couldn't provide white robes for themselves either. Jesus is the only one that can clothe us with righteousness. We can't provide that for ourselves. The final thing Jesus tells them to buy is eye ointment or eye salve. And you think, oh, I haven't heard that anywhere else in the Bible. And you haven't because it's the only place it appears. And the Laodiceans knew all about eye salve because they made it. And people bought it from miles around to sort of treat eye infections and to sort of help their eyes. So they knew all about eye salve. So when Jesus said to them, you need to buy it from me, they think there's something wrong with our eyes. And there was. Because they thought they knew better than Jesus, they didn't know themselves. You see, Jesus said, you say, I am rich, I need nothing. But Jesus says, no, you're pitiful, poor, wretched, blind, and naked. We can be in danger of not seeing ourselves clearly. Because the heart is deceitful above all things. And that's why we need to seek God and say, sort of, search me, O God. King David did that all the time. In Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24, he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me in the path of everlasting life. See, we can easily believe that we see things the right way. But sort of God sees us as we really are. And he loves us. But he wants us to sort of come to him and ask him to point things out in us that he can help us put right. We can't do things on our own. We need him. And another sort of reason they needed I salve was because it's so easy, isn't it? to be critical of others. So if Jesus told that story in Matthew 1 to 5, where sort of the person thought, I'm going to help you. I'll take that log out of your eye. I mean, I'll take that speck out of your eye and I've got a log in my own. You know, it's easy to sort of be critical of others and sort of not see ourselves. So we need that eye self from Jesus. We need our eyes to be bathed by him. You know, there's no cost to coming. There's no gold to buy the eye salve. There's no sort of uh, cost other than trusting him and the Father completely. 
you know, that's what children do, isn't it? Sort of they trust, they trust parents, you know, sort of, and uh, that's what the father wants us to do with him. He wants us to trust him. But children also copy their dads. I remember sort of I was in my friend's kitchen <clears throat> and he was leaning quite a peculiar way sort of against sort of one of the cupboards. And his little boy came in, stood behind him and leant exactly the same way. Why? Because he watched his dad all the time and he wanted to do what his dad did. He was copying his dad. And that's what sort of God wants for us. He wants us to watch him and copy him. I wonder if you feel you can do life on your own. On Thursday night, sort of, I was uh, watching a video sort of, uh, with others and sort of, he was talking about sort of ego, you know, sort of me, myself and I. And I, it really struck me this sort of ego stood for sort of edging God out. You know, and when we tend to be sort of me, myself, and I, that's exactly what we're doing. That's what the church at Laodicea were doing and had done. They'd edged God out. It wasn't there sort of just just in the background, sort of, you know, if I'll, I'll talk to him when I feel like it, sort of, oh, if I'm really in difficulty, then sort of I might, you know, sort of pray. But sort of, yeah, yeah I won't involve him in every minute of every day. Sort of, and Jesus said, that's, that's no good. You can't do that with me. Sort of, you know, I want to be the center. So I wonder if this morning, whether your theme song is going to be, I did it my way, or whether you're going to change it to alter Jesus, sort of, I surrender. You know, Jesus said to them, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Because I only discipline and I only rebuke those I love. You know, I want you, I love you so much. I stand at the door and knock. If anybody hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Jesus wants an intimate relationship with us, not a casual relationship, not sort of when it suits me relationship but a minute-by-minute, day-by-day relationship. You know, and if you sort of uh, started to think, oh, I'll do it my way, and you want to sort of open that door to Jesus, now's the time to do it. If you've never opened the door to Jesus ever, and sort of you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, now's the time to do it, because sort of he's here, and he's watching, and he's listening and sort of is ready to sort of give you robes of righteousness, to give you gold purified in the fire, and to give you sort of eyes that can see the truth, that you can be set free. So, guys, it's your choice. Jesus is there. Which will it be? Let's pray. So, Heavenly Father, Forgive me, Lord, that I'm so quick to do things my way instead of turn to you. Lord, help my eyes to be focused on you more. Help us all to sort of focus our eyes on you more, Lord, to sort of buy from you that gold, be clothed in those robes of righteousness 
and to have our eyes open to the truth. Lord, move by your spirit, we pray, in all our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.